It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Greetings. Welcome to the program. We've been discussing what George Barna's 2022 survey reveals. First, a growing number of youths in the Christian church are abandoning the Christian faith because they had questions and doubts that never got addressed in the church. In the last episode of this program, I suggested that if someone in the church has real questions and doubts, then he or she should ask the church to have a class that would address those questions. That means that the class likely would have to take an apologetics approach, and it probably should be open to not only the youth of the church, but to the parents of the youth as well. To have a strong faith requires a strong foundation. A spiritual foundation requires truth to give it strength. The basic point is, we don't know what we do not know, and no person's education is ever completely finished. So I encourage any person to be a lifelong learner and a seeker after the truth. To discover truth requires us to go to the source of truth And Jesus says that God's Word, the Bible, is that source of truth. That's found in John chapter 17, verse 17. The way you view God's Word determines how you will relate to God Himself. It shapes and strengthens your faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. In the book, A Sure Foundation, Andrew Womack says, Our society today doesn't really honor or esteem God's Word. And that devaluation of the Word has crept into the church. If somebody asked Christians if they believe the Bible is God's Word, they would probably answer, Oh, yes. But when it comes right down to it, Many don't understand or esteem the Word very much. If Satan can attack the Word of God and get you to doubt it to any degree, then the foundation of your faith will crack. It'll fall apart. Everything in the Christian life is built upon the way you view God's Word. To walk by faith and not by sight, you need the sure foundation of the Word of God. Islam says the Bible has been corrupted, except in verses that seem to support their theology. But this question should be asked of Islam. When was the Bible corrupted? If they say before 610 AD, that's the date when Islam started, 
then how can the Quran admonish its believers to read the Bible? If they claim after 610, then they have jumped from the frying pan into the fire because we have absolutely no doubt as to the accuracy of the Bible from at least the third century forward. Here is what the Bible says about itself. All scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's return now to the topic of the youth in the Christian faith in America. This is not enough for the youth to have been taught the basic gospel message while at the same time not equipping them to meet the challenges they will have to face if, say, one goes to college. Secular colleges are a definite challenge to one's Christian faith, especially since there is a significant segment of the secular college's faculty that is opposed to the Christian faith. But I went to a Christian college, and that experience was a challenge to my faith there as well. In fact, many experiences we face in life is a challenge to our faith. Many in our culture are openly defiant to the Bible, and we encounter that a lot. Research studies underscore how tremendously important teenagers' questions really are. The 2005 book, Soul Searching, The Religious and Spiritual Lives of American Teenagers, by Christian Smith with Melinda Lundquist Denton, shows that teens were asked why they fell away from the religion in which they were raised. Nearly a third, 32%, in fact, said they left the church because of doubts and questions. The teens told researchers it didn't make any sense anymore. They added, some stuff is too far-fetched for me to believe. Or they said, I think scientifically, and there is no real proof. There are too many questions that can't be answered. A 2006 study by Fuller Seminary found that the single most important quality where teens hold on to their Christian conversion in college is whether they found answers to their questions while they were still in high school. Lillian Kwan wrote in her analysis of the study that the more college students felt they had the opportunity to express their doubts while they were in high school, the higher were their levels of faith and spiritual maturity. A 2011 George Bonner study called You Lost Me, Why Young Christians Are Leaving Church and Rethinking Faith, came up with similar results. David Kinneman reports that 36% of young adults felt they could not ask life's most pressing questions in church. As a result, 23% said they had significant intellectual doubts about Christian teachings. In her 2015 book, 
finding truth, Nancy Piercy says, In today's pluralistic, multicultural society, teens have to navigate their way through a complex web of competing worldviews. Yet church youth groups rarely teach apologetics, majoring instead on games and goodies. The goal seems to be to engineer events that ratchet up emotional commitment as though sheer intensity of experience will compensate for intellectual doubt. But emotional intensity is not enough to block out teens' questions. If anything, it leads them to redefine Christianity in purely emotional terms, which leaves them even more vulnerable when they face their questions. Indeed, I know of no training in any church I know about that discusses the strengths and weaknesses of other worldviews. Piercy continues, If my students are at all representative, teens regard emotional tactics as manipulative anyway. They know it is easy to manufacture an artificial sense of belonging with loud music, water balloon fights, and frisbee games. But they also know that those feelings burn out quickly. Piercy relates, as one student told me, what I hear at my church are mostly feel-good messages, but I don't want to feel good. I want to wrestle with difficult questions. Piercy adds, It is far better for young people to explore the fascinating world of ideas with parents, teachers, and church leaders as guides who give them tools to think critically and think well. As one of my students put it, exposing the mind to ideas is like exposing the body to germs. It is the way to build immunity. It should be clear that it is a serious mistake for Christian parents, teachers, or churches to dismiss young people's doubts and questions, or to think they can be overridden by merely cultivating a more intense devotional life. The American church must take the questions of the youth seriously They need to be prepared to learn to justify their way to a secure Christian faith in God. Why? Because we are created in God's image as rational beings. We are endowed with a mind and with a natural urge to make sense of life and the world. All of us need facts, evidence, and reasons to confirm what our biblical worldview affirms. All Christians are invited to have the mind of Christ. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. So is there hope for the teens and their parents in our churches? Can a biblical worldview equip us and them with the resources to meet the challenge, reverse the pattern, and confidently set forth the positive case for Christianity? My answer is a strong affirmative. 
I can recommend some excellent books for both teens and parents that train readers how to answer doubts and questions. For instance, I'm Glad You Asked by Ken Boa and Larry Moody. Two d- books by William Lane Craig on guard and reasonable faith. Any book by Norman Geisler, including False Gods in Our Time, Reasons for Belief by Geisler and Patty Tunnicliffe, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist by Geisler and Frank Turek, Twelve Points That Show Christianity is True by Geisler and Doug Potter, any book by Lee Strobel, including the student edition for The Case for a Creator, any book by J. Warner Wallace, including Cold Case Christianity, God's Crime Scene, and Forensic Faith. Besides these books, I could give many others. If you're interested, contact Doug Apple at Wave94, and I will respond. In a study announced in the May-June 1999 issue of the Journal of Applied Developmental Psychology, it was discovered that sometimes words are just as strong as actions. When it comes to parents passing on their religious beliefs, their children were more likely to adopt their parents' beliefs when they had a clear understanding of what the parents believed. The professor who conducted the study said, we found the accuracy of a child's perception of parents' beliefs is affected by all of the things the parent does. This includes taking the time to explain their beliefs and encouraging the child to participate in activities the parents think support those beliefs. No wonder Moses instructed the Israelites to talk about the Ten Commandments with their children when they got up in the morning, as they went about their daily routines, and as they went to bed at night. But what happens when the parent has no Christian belief to transmit in the first place? I will return to that discussion in the next episode. In the meantime, exercise daily. Walk with God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.